everybody welcome to the 244th edition of the holy backboard podcast i am dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here live and direct shaved my head that's that that's good news i shaved my head and it looks the line looks pretty decent if i do say so myself hey, you got a nice line up there going on bud yeah i haven't gone to a barber in fucking almost six years save oh. that paper <laughs> bro <laughs> I'm not going to stop eating good. I might as well stop paying for haircuts. You feel me? And if you get a bad haircut, you can always cover it up with a beanie or a hat. Or just fix it myself and go straight baldy sage. Go go 2018 on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, this for our listeners. It is about 1120 at night. Uh, I just got back from the game. Sage is at the crib. We're, we're really out here doing this for you, even after a, a tough game uh, tonight. Uh, the Blazers go down 2-1 in the series. Denver wins 120-115. to A game I thought felt like a lot like game two. Didn't have much rhythm. Didn't have much flow. And a lot of factors led to Denver going up and taking back home court advantage. Sage, what did you think stood out most to you? I think that what what stuck out to me was Yusuf Nurkic picked up some pretty ticky-tack fouls, and our offense and defense without Yusuf is just like begging. We're begging and pleading. We just need to kill time until Yusuf can come back in. And when he when he got into severe foul trouble, it was like this is this isn't looking good. And then Austin Rivers had to have the ceiling Austin Rivers game of all time. Like you don't expect him to go five for five from three in, in a quarter. That's just you. That's like you, you want it. He was over five before those start dropping. Yeah. Like you want to have him. Hey, bruh, shoot this. This is you take this shot. You're different. Did his best Jamal Murray impression, bro. Yeah. I really thought, I mean, again, you, you hit the the nail on the head. With, with Yusuf Nurkic, I, I thought they called him extremely ticky-tack for the second straight game. I think a crucial foul. Was, Wasn't he it, on the ground and someone tripped over him and he got a foul? Like he got, he caught it. That should have been a play on uh, the previous foul, which Portland challenged. Uh, there is no way that Composo was there to take that charge. He was moving. That's the second straight game. This has happened. And I can tell the bias officiating is it, it's wearing on the Blazers. And I know it's easy for everyone else who is not participating in the action to say, you have to tune it out and just go and, and do your job. I get that. But this is the second straight game where Portland, I think, is getting the short end of the stick. You look at the, the free throws. Uh, Portland, 11 of 13. Denver was 22 of 27. So they nearly doubled us up at the foul line. There was a stretch in the third quarter where Denver went maybe the first 10 minutes without even committing a foul. Lillard takes two free throw attempts. He played 39 and a half minutes, took 31 shots. You best believe that usage rate was out of this galaxy. And he gets to the line twice. And That's, he was driving. It wasn't he like was he was driving. Yeah, it wasn't like he, he only hit five threes. 
<laughs> he only hit five threes, so you don't get 37 points by getting to the line twice. No, he was going to the cup. And I think what really sold it for me in terms of this might not be our night, it was in that third quarter. Damian drives to the basket. It just gets absolutely raked across the arm by, uh, I think it was either Rivers or Campazzo, no whistle. And then that following play, it was the Yusuf Nurkic getting called for the foul while he is on the ground. Um, I, some people on Twitter are saying Nurk needs to be better. Sure. But call, call it both both ways. I mean, I just... How, it's, it's how is he to, supposed to play better when he's dealing with like supreme foul trouble? Doesn't his foul trouble dictate the way he has to play defense in a given in a given set? One thing I just looked up is Dame's driving it 14 times a game. The fact that he's driving it that often, and this is playoffs, so I don't know how many drives he did you know, an hour ago, but he's driving it a lot. He's one of the top drivers in the league. So the fact that he drove it and only got to the line that few times is pretty, pretty bizarre. And then, you know, random Denver Nuggets drawing, drawing fouls on us, kind of crazy. One thing that I've noticed, again, they're digging so hard weak side defense, we have to find that open shooter in that short corner. It happens half the plays where they just build the wall and they build it in such a way that the if you're driving, you should find that corner shot. It is there all day, always, man. Like, let's let's talk about the three point shooting because I, I felt like I don't think the officials cost us this game. Portland, I'm going to continue. They are the better team. I, I, I honestly, I'm at a loss a bit right now as to how we're down in this series. Two one. Uh, you look at. You don't get a big night from Aaron Gordon. You don't get a big night from Michael Porter Jr. Jokic does what Jokic does. But we still allowed 120 points, and we will get to the defense because that was another factor in Portland uh, going down in this series, two games to one. But the three-point shooting, I I thought Portland got incredible looks from downtown, and that dictated the game. Mm -hmm. You you look at the statistics, Portland goes 14 of 45. That's 31%. Inside of those 45 attempts, we have our three-guard lineup. Lillard, McCollum, and Powell. They go 10 of 32 from downtown. That, that's that's not going to cut it. Whereas on the other end, Denver was 20 of 38 for 52.6%. Portland killed them in the paint. 54 to 30. But Denver's advantage at the free-throw line and the three-point line allowed them to secure the victory. You know, I I agree, Sage. Portland should move the ball a little bit better. But you put up 115 points. I, I think I think we got good looks. I think at times we fell in love with the three a bit. There's more gold in, in that paint. We, that could have easily been 60 to 70 points in the paint. But for the most part, you know, Anthony was wide open. Powell was wide open. Covington, wide open. They just, Anthony early on, early as well the shots just didn't go and it's a bummer for Portland because that's our team is predicated around this three guard lineup. There is a lot of financial just responsibilities in that, that three guard lineup. It's taking up a supreme amount of our cap. It will next year as well. Mm -hmm. They have, they just have to shoot better. And I I hate saying that it comes down to making shots, but if you're going to play such poor defense, you have to hit your open shots. I mean, do you have the uh, box score up with yes. you right now? Are, yes. How many attempts did Norm 
and uh, Robert Take. Norm was two of six from downtown. Covington was zero of two. Okay, I'm just gonna trust you on that because uh, ESPN pop-ups be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't mess with the ESPN box scores. They like to play that video. I go to NBA.com. Plus, you get a lot. You get a lot better stats, like uh, traditional, miscellaneous, advanced, all, all of that good stuff. I felt like in that first half there was more ball movement, player movement, and then. Well, I was curious about Ennis Cantor. Ennis Cantor played a whopping five minutes and fifty seconds. He was a ne- he was a minus fifteen yeah. in half a quarter. Well, because we had a bit, we had a margin for error in the first quarter, and then Yusuf went out at the seven minute mark, and then Ennis came in to finish out that quarter. And boy, howdy, they just attack, attack, attack Ennis Cantor in that. Like that's where we went from. Winning to losing in in that first uh, first quarter was just them attacking, and I, I tweeted this: we have to attack Michael Porter Jr. like they just attacked Ennis Cantor for the entire game, and it's been one quarter of attack. I think this has to be a Nurk or a small ball five type of lineup because I don't think we can we can. Uh, oh, I, I think Terry Stotts found out that Ennis Cantor cannot be played in this series. Which it, I mean, it's lo- it's more games than I would like to, for that evidence to be proven. Yes, yes, I hundred percent. I, we, we I hope God he doesn't see the floor except in blowout run. Yeah, I mean, th- thank you for everything, Ennis. I think he's probably one of the best backup centers in the game. This is not the series for him the way that Denver... Denver doesn't have a backup center. They have two backup fours mm-hmm. in Millsap and Michael Green. This So if you're Zach Collins right now, he's not thinking this because he wants to win, but you're also like, I'm valuable Oh, his here. agent is, though. His agent. I mean, he's like, I know I have a spot on this team. We, we wondered that this season. Like, where is Zach Collins going to play? Well, you bring Zach back. He's, he's exactly who you need at the five. Uh, I think Portland... They, they tried Rondé Hollis-Jefferson there. That's fine. I thought Mello probably played the best. I, I, I like think Robert this... Covington's, uh, his effort defensively on Joe Kick, where he would front him and then have the speed to get back and post defense on him. I thought that was, I mean, that's going to be tiring as hell, but I thought the if, effort there. If we're talking Covington, and I saw a little bit of this, he needs to play a, as a free safety. Don't, don't match him one-on-one against a Porter or... A Jokic. He is best when he is able to roam and make plays in the passing lanes, doubling, trapping. He's the smartest defender we have to to accomplish that. I think you put a stronger guy like Carmelo on there, maybe Ronde Hollis. And I think it's time to give Derek Jones Jr. some minutes. Again, another player who is good at hawking the ball, like playing the passing lanes, uh, getting after it. Um, I, I really thought the game was also dictated in that first quarter, even with Nurkic on the floor. We were up, but Denver still hung around. And mm, they, they, probably, they consistently produced. It was probably a little fluky. Those Aaron Gordon threes, those aren't going to keep going in. But they kept it close. We couldn't get the stops. Portland wanted to blow that game open. Like there is a parallel universe where Portland wins this game by 20 plus points. They started out fantastic on the offensive end. We saw alley-oops. We saw backdoor cuts. Looked great but we never were able to pull away because we could not consistently get stops. And that's, that's what we've been discussing really this whole season. And I don't know if it was just because it's regular season basketball, but 
I had thought we had taken a step in the right direction over these past 12 games. Looked pretty damn good in game one. But these past two games, we, we've been completely torched. I, I, I just haven't been impressed with the the communication or the intensity on that end of the floor. I mean, there were plenty of times in the first half where we were almost running into each other on defense. We didn't know whether we were switching or staying with our man. There's a huge lack of trust on the defensive end of the floor as well. There was a point in the second quarter where I believe Nurkic tripped over himself trying to get a steal. Jokic had a, had a wide open layup. Mello, and instead of trying to take away the guarantee too, just, just stayed on his man. Like he could have made there and made him swing Jokic swing the basketball and trusted his, his teammates to rotate over. Just the team, just let Jokic have the layup. Like there's, and again, I don't know if this is a player problem or a coach problem, but there is, this has been a, a huge issue for this team and it's, it's trust, it's communication. I don't want to hear they're they're a new team. Every every other team is going through what we're going through. We're at game. We played seventy two in the regular season. This is our third postseason. We played enough together. It, it has to get better. You can't give up thirty nine in the first quarter and thirty six in the fourth quarter. We gave up forty five combined in quarters two through three. So it can be done, and. and the inconsistencies on that end of the floor are, are just, they're maddening, Sage. I, I don't believe the whole we played together enough narrative because we as a, as a good defensive unit haven't. So there, there was those spikes of good defense. I, I, we just haven't, this unit hasn't played together. We as a team have played 75 games, but we as a unit haven't. But that doesn't make up for the fact that the effort wasn't there. I mean, I just think if you're getting cooked in back-to-back games to a Denver team without their three best guards, that's unacceptable. Just, just in my opinion, like we're perfect. They're professional athletes. They are. They're very good at what they do, and I'm not talking like. It's one time here, or one time there. Like they're literally running into each other. There's just no communication. That that has to be better. Like either you're going to switch all the time, or you're going to stick with your man. And I don't know if players are going rogue. I mean, we've seen Nurk go rogue in the regular season before. I don't know if it's miscommunication from the coaching staff, but the lack of trust in the communication. Yeah, I think it's going to get better with time. But Sage, we've talked about this for over a year. There is no time with this roster. Time's running out. They have to get it done. Otherwise, it's going to get dismantled. Yeah, the, the, there is no time. So there needs to just be, they need to play defense like Rondé Hollis Jefferson plays. Like if they can't, if they can't have a scheme that fits the defense well, just try. Just out effort them. I, and I know that that type of strategy is going to kill our short ass rotation, but it's better than just saying, Oh, whoopsie doozies. We we're going to lose two more in a row. Cause we're not willing to change. I felt like we were putting ourselves in bad spaces, just allowing a constant barrage of points. And then the ceiling game, uh, ceiling quarter of Austin rivers happened. And that was completely unexpected. We haven't played our best ball yet this series, and the it's running out. We have to shit or get off the pot. 
like legitimately we haven't played our best ball we have to we have to take a stand and if we don't we're gonna crumble and this offseason is gonna be busy i mean i I i tweeted out after game one c plus performance and you win by 14 i thought we'd probably play d plus tonight and d on what was it monday so you're looking at a team who came into the playoffs hot and they for whatever reason have not been able to click i mean if they lose the next game, they're going into Denver with a 3-1 deficit. It's a must win. Our, our, the next game is a must win. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. This has to be a dub. And I hope that it's one of those that it sticks in Denver's mind about the ass whooping that they get. Because they can't, they can't go half with it. They have to fully commit to, we're not losing this shit. We're not losing this shit. And I think that's my biggest issue with the way the Blazers have played in games two and three, even to start game one. I mean, we forget it was Simons and Anthony that kept us afloat in game one. I don't think I've, I've seen a Portland team this series that they, they look like they want it. I, I, I don't. It, it's been a little too cool for school uh, for too, too many stretches. I, I don't think we're we're playing desperate i don't think we're playing gritty i don't think we're playing like we have our our basically our our roster on the line and it doesn't look fun either no it just as a fan i'm just like i'm trying to be as positive as i can like come on get the stops make your shots just trying to urge them it just feels like they they're playing so tight right now and maybe that's what's that maybe they they know what what's on the line and it's. I mean, we talked about it the first podcast this week. Like it's a lot of pressure, so maybe they're feeling that that the pressure. I want to ask you, Sage, and this is something I noticed watching from Section Three Twenty Two. The Denver Nuggets are treating Robert Covington like Alpha Rukaminu. They, they oh no, leaving. they're treating him much much more disrespectfully. I mean, just that goes with Dorman Powell too. They're treating him very disrespectfully. I mean, that's another aspect. It's like, I love Rocco. I think he plays pretty good defense. When we acquired him for two draft picks, I was like, okay, we finally have somebody that we can consistently count on to make defenses pay. Mm. I don't, I mean. He's not shooting enough for us to. He's not shooting enough. I think he's being tentative out there. I think he's a little uh, uncertain about maybe being that difference maker. I, we have had moments where Rocco is like, yes, this is the outlet. This is what we need. But the, at the end of the the fourth, when we were making our run, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with Carmelo being on the floor instead of Covington. We, we need a shooter. So I, I just ran the query. Shout out to NBA Wowie for actually having the stats up after like the game actually completed. He's just running up and down the court. We're playing four and five off three off of nine. Oh, of two from three didn't get to the free throw line. Shout out for the 11 boards. I, I appreciate that. But yeah, Sage, he, I mean, he boarded and did a lot of, you know, s- stats outside of scoring. But if we're, if we're talking about this scheme and how it's drawn up, we space the floor. So Dame can drive to the hoop and make decisions. Well, Denver's made the decision that, Robert Covington's going to hesitate himself out of an open shot. 
He's he's yep. He is absolutely he's, hesitating. He's himself. Tony Snell level of offensive production. Still, he, he like I thought that he was more aggressive tonight than he was the last two games, but it was still like barely anything in in, in terms of usage. He has a, has a ten percent usage rate. That's Tony Snell. That's PJ Tucker level of production. I knew it was rough when I think we had a chance to take the lead, or really it was a big moment to play. We had a fast break. CJ perfect bounce pass to Covington and he basically airballed a layup off of the backboard. Like I, I was like, okay, Cov, Cov you're six, eight, you got to blam that or try to blam that, get to the free throw line. And I, yeah, it was just a rough night for Covington and we need him. He is one of our, our key components. He's getting the lion's share of the minutes at, at this, at the power forward position. He and, played and 38 minutes, bro. He, to play They're 38 fucking to minutes. Yeah. They're daring him to beat us. And you you know you have more confidence in Rob, but he needs to find the confidence in, in himself to shoot. I, yeah. I really think that the thing with Robert Covington right now is that he's unwilling to shoot. So if you're going to act like, no offense to Rondé Hollis Jefferson, but if you're not going to attempt to shoot, we don't, we as a Denver defense don't need to put that much pressure on you. Because it's hesitation, and then it's swinging the ball when the uh, when the plan A is for him to shoot it. He's shot really well this year. There's times in this year where you expect that shit to go in when he shoots it. I hope next game he just hops into his three as soon as he touches the ball. He'll have a ceiling game. He's got, he has to have one of those games where it's like, oh, this is the Robert Covington that we traded two first round picks for. Like this, this, this is why we did the, what we did and traded so much draft capital. We have not seen a second of that in the last two games. Rebounding and defense, sure, but four on five offense. Yeah, no, I mean that's what got us in trouble with Harkless and Aminu. We we need players out there in today's NBA. I mean, you got to be locked and loaded, ready to uh, ready to shoot as soon as you you get the ball. I You're think doing another- a disservice to your team if you don't shoot it. It doesn't matter if it goes in. You need the, I mean, it does matter. But like for Robert Covington, they just need to think that he's a threat to shoot. He isn't even a threat to shoot currently. I think another component that. But that was the short corner. That was the corner three thing that I was talking about. Like with, with Norm or Rob. I think another component that was so vital in Portland getting that game one win and so detrimental in Portland's game two and three defeats was the lack of bench production. Mm-hmm. So I was looking, you know, me and Olga always look at the stat boards during halftime and Portland was down five, felt like 15 at the time. And I looked at the bench and Denver was up 20 points to three bench production. Thankfully, Carmelo came yeah, around fourth, in, yeah. in the second half, Portland outscored the Denver bench 16 to four. But if we're playing eight people in the rotation and you've got Carmelo Anthony and Anthony Simons, you need to win that bench battle. And Denver's bench beat us on the road. Uh, they're, they're getting good looks. Uh, Simons had a couple of wide open looks in the corner. Um, Melo didn't get going until late, but that's that that's got to get better. Portland doesn't – they will not win another game in the series if their bench performs as they did. Um, these past two past two games. And maybe it is that we need a little bit more uh, depth in the bench. And maybe we stop relying so much on Anthony and Carmelo, because you know, you're not going to play Cantor anymore. 
DJ is not really going to be, I mean, is DJ going to get you points? I, I don't know. It, it's Portland's kind of in a tough slot right now. I'm going to use my time as the New Orleans Hornets fan to make a prediction. So David West and Joker kind of move alike. They both have very slow feet. And whenever a team with a long, lanky defender was on David West, he would struggle. We need to put some long, lanky, athletic people just to beat Joker to a spot. That's where I think DJJ or Rondé will have their will hit their value is just to frustrate uh, Joker defensively. If he, they can just beat him to the spot, use their long-ass wingspan and contest without fouling, I think that's where they earn their, their keep. But I don't know where we find that scoring punch off the bench if Ant or Mello isn't you know, the, the leader in that. The one thing that annoyed me, the last five minutes of the game, the most important five minutes of the game, we passed the ball to Mello for him to run offense. And it felt like he just took time off the clock when we needed the pace to be so much faster. And yeah, he, he scored, but I felt like it should just be Dame go and go. And then he read reacts to whatever happens in the last five minutes. I just felt like, oh, no, not Mello. He's going he's gonna to take his time and try and find that shot himself. I felt like there was a sort of lack of urgency in the last five minutes, and then there wasn't because we, we kind of went away from everything and just speed rushed everything like I thought uh, we should have. I think there were some positives from this game, some bright spots, so to speak. Uh, first off, Denver kind of touted Aaron Gordon as coming in and, you know, extinguishing uh, Damian Lillard. Well, well, that didn't happen. Uh, Denver has no defense for Dame. 15 of 31, only gets to the line twice, still puts up 37, five assists, only one turnover in damn near 40 minutes of action. I guarantee you he's going to shoot better than five of 16. 35% uh, percent usage rate too. And he's, he's going to get to the line more in game four. So once again, Denver has zero answer for Dame. Dame has been incredible this series. I also like the help that he got from two players in particular. Uh, it wasn't a fantastic game, but it was a step in the right direction for Norman Powell. 18 points, eight of 14. Again, not great from downtown, just two of six, but he had two blocks, a steal, four rebounds, two assists, was a plus two and the plus minus. So we filled up the stat sheet. And for the most part, I liked his aggressiveness going to the basket, uh, finishing with a couple of dunks. I'd love to see him continue to do that, especially if the three point shots not falling. And then the other bright spot was we got a really great performance from Yusuf Nurkic just over 31 minutes, 50% from the field, hit all of his free throws, 13 points, 13 rebounds, six assists in just one turnover. Um, that is incredible. He had some incredible passes. He was a team high plus nine. No surprise there. I thought for the most part, he played pretty damn well against uh, Nikola Jokic. Again, a couple of frequent fouls. He kind of got him in batches in game two and game three. You look at game one, he was not in foul trouble. That is going to be a huge X factor as we move on to Saturday's performance, because if Portland gets an engaged Nurk like this, I mean, I, I'm still having a hard time believing that Portland's going to shoot this poorly from three and you're going to get that type of performance from 
from Austin Rivers. And I would hope the foul situation would even itself out a little bit, but the the thought of a quick series is is no longer now you're in for a grind and for that grind to continue Portland has to win game four so Sage looking ahead to Saturday it is a one o'clock start uh, afternoon game uh, kind of random so it's going to uh, unusual I should say so it could throw some players off of their rhythm but what are you going to look for specifically in, in Saturday's uh, performance? Dame being the the a star that we have to that has to produce. If you could give me one stat, and then I can make my decision. I think Yusuf Nurkic fouls would be the 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 big thing. Him playing versus not playing just it's it's such a big deal to have such a big body that can rebound and box out and match up physically with Joker. So if if you tell me that he has one foul in 34 minutes, I think we win this game because we are more talented. They just have ceil- they've had ceiling performances from players you don't really expect and this humongous hu- human being in Joker that only one person on the team can guard. So I think Yusuf has to stay out of foul trouble for us to to win this game. So it, it's it's no more high risk, high reward uh, plays by him. You have to let Norm or Robert Covington do those. You have to play so consistent and so you can't afford any fouls. So you have to play risk averse. You have to kind of be risk averse on any like chancy type of plays. You got to just be in good position and force Joker to shoot over you. Yusuf plays the way he he knows he can. I, th- I, th- I feel this game is really important, and I think Dame knows how important this shit is. We don't want to go against history so, so deeply with coming back from a 3-1 deficit. I don't want to put my trust in the basketball gods. I, I, we have to handle biz and then make it a three-game playoff. I mean, again, you said it eloquently. The season is on the line, more or less, in game four. Knowing that mantra, I I don't want to even question whether Portland's going all out or not. I want to see it on the floor. I want to see them flying around on defense. They have to make it happen on that end of the floor. You You can't let Denver, without Jamal Murray, without Will Barton, without P.J. Dozier, score over 110 points against the, against you. They had 109 in game one. I do think Portland's going to regress, or excuse me, uh, trend back to the norm on their three-point shooting. I think Portland can get 120. I, I'm not super worried about the offense. Dame's going to do what Dame does. I think Powell's starting to figure it out. CJ had a pretty good game despite shooting eight of 20, giving you nine boards, three assists, 22 Those points. Those peripheral stats are huge, bro. He, I mean, he was a plus six as well. So, like, the offense is not the problem. You score 115 points in the playoffs, you should win a game. For the love of God, pride yourself on the defensive end of the floor and get stops. Like, we shouldn't have – Dame shouldn't have to score 50 for us to win. We shouldn't have to score 40 points in a quarter just to outscore the opposition. It all starts on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, will Terry Stotts make the adjustment and not play Ennis Cantor? 
Can Yusuf Nurkic not get into foul trouble? I mean, those are just incredible just factors. Those, those are multiple X factors. And in terms of, of a player, we need Anthony Simons. I mean, Melo, I think, is going to hit his shots, the kind of run shots for him. But we do need bench production. Anthony Simons was beautiful in game one. Got kind of taken out in game two after getting uh, the, the hit in the mouth and the blood kind of made him go to the locker room, kind of mucked up his rhythm a bit. Game he three. Mm, he was an non-factor. We don't really get a lot from him. Just just two points on one of three shooting. I mean, he, he was on the Robert Covington usage path. We, we need Ant-Man. I mean, if he is going to be part of this this future, whether it's a sixth man or, or whatever, we, we need Ant. We need those threes. I think someone other than Dame just needs to get hot. And I don't think that's that's happened at, at all, even in this series. I mean, we saw a little bit of it in game one with uh, Mello and, and Anthony. I think maybe that would just maybe ease the tension. It's like, oh, okay, somebody else is like, we, we know Dame is so damn good. You know what you're going to get from him. But if you don't have anybody else like carrying the load for half a quarter, three quarters of a quarter, then it starts to be like, oh shit, like who, who's going to do it? Who's going to step up? So I think someone else has got to have an Austin Rivers type of performance tonight. Defense, I have to see better communication, better trust, better just all out effort, urgency, intensity. Play goddamn desperate because the season is on the line. There is, and- there is no too cool for school when you're down 2 1 in a playoff series. And that this next game dictates a lot in narrative and feel like going two two feels a lot better than going three one. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's a it is a whole lot easier for the mind to 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 understand. Okay, this is a this is now a best of three series, and we have to steal one of these games at home or at, away. I'm I'm still of the belief the Blazers they, they they find a way to win this series. I mean, if they don't, you know, I've been pretty pessimistic in the past. I, I would be flabbergasted if we lost this series. And if we do, again, wholesale changes. I'm still of the the mind, body, and soul and heart. The Blazers are going to win this series. They're going to win Game Four. Norman Powell, big ass game from from Norm. I like it. What do you What do you got, Sage? I'm thinking that a CJ McCollum is just going to have a ceiling performance where you, he, I love that he got the boards and I love that he was more of a playmaker, but I think he's going to get his a lot. Like I think Composo tries hard, but he's small. Aaron Gordon's going to be focused up on Damian Lillard. Are you telling me Austin Rivers is going to stop CJ McCollum? Like this is desperation mode. I'm I'm expecting all three of them to have great games, but I think CJ might be the shining star. So is this the early game of the Saturday? The first West game. So, so is second there, or earliest. There's okay, a game okay. before us. So is it like at nine thirty or something? Ten, I believe. So ten, ten thirty, and then like a f- four o'clock one. Yeah, ten one. Four to five, and then like six or seven. Okay. So, uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about? All right. Um, just that it was my first time back in the arena since the the lockdown. Sage, you and I were there that last game against Phoenix um, in March before everything got shut down. Um, 
8,000 fans was great. Still didn't quite feel like playoff basketball. Um, need, need the whole gym in there for it to really uh, get rocking. But I thought the fans were, were pretty damn good. I, it was just great to, to be there. Took, took my, took my wife, took my mom and my dad. I mean, it had been so long. So, you know, we, we lost, but like, it was just so nice to do normal shit um, again after, you know, not being able to do it for a year plus And just, it, it was great that, you know, there was sanitizer everywhere. Um, I thought people were really respectful. Um, I saw a lot of good mask wearing, which is a huge positive, even in the vaccinated section. Um, it was, it was just really nice to return home. You know, it had been a long time. Like I love going to games. I love going to playoff games. You know, I haven't missed a playoff game since moving up to Portland in 07. So we made the playoffs no nine. I've always tried to keep that streak going. I didn't know if it was going to happen this year, but thankfully it, it did. And so, you know, it didn't go our way, but I was honestly just, just happy to experience it. And I hope we can experience a, a victory on, on Saturday. Like the whole crew will be back in, in, in the house again. So let, let's tie this up. Let's make, let's put some pressure on Denver. Let's go steal home court advantage back and, Man, let, let's let's get out of the first round. Let's go, Blazers. So my question was, and I was going to write it in a question if we asked him, but, I, I, you know. I didn't. I mean, it was, yeah, it was so late, and I, I was I, I was driving home. So, so I was going so to ask you what your, uh, what your favorite uh, series has been outside of ours, and then I was going to ask myself what was my favorite dipping sauce for uh, savory food. So <laughs> let me ask you both. What was what's the game that you enjoy the most, and what's your favorite dipping sauce for savory, not sweet? Whew. Going into the playoffs, it was going to be Milwaukee and Miami, but th- that's no longer. The Bucks have completely put it on the the Miami Heat. They they look impressive. So shout out to Giannis. I, I appreciate him staying in Milwaukee and giving some small market franchises some hope. Um, in the West, again, it would have been the Lakers and Suns, but Chris Paul's shoulder has completely kind of ruined that series for me. You can tell Phoenix just, they don't have enough, they don't have enough gas in the tank without their general. Oh, that's, it's a tie for me. It's either going to be the Mavs and the Clippers and the Mavs and Clippers might be even higher, <clears throat> but they put the second game on NBA, NBA TV. I don't, I don't get NBA TV. So I wasn't able to watch that second game. But I was able to watch both games. And surprisingly, I've really enjoyed Utah and Memphis. Uh, the grit, I, I wish Portland played a lot like Memphis. Uh, just grit, grind. They, they talk shit. They don't give up. Uh, John Morant's probably my favorite non-blazer. Um, they steal game one. He puts up 47 in game two. Um, that's going to be a fun-ass series as it shifts to the grindhouse in Memphis. So, um, I think everyone was talking about the Warriors pulling off a we believe uh, upset had they made it. I think the Grizzlies are going to be the ones that we believe the the Jazz. So watch out for Memphis. I, I think they're going to get the next two, and Utah's in for a, a long series. So um, that that's probably been my favorite. What's your favorite so far? I really like the Atlanta uh, New York matchup. I, I think basketball and tennis do the best job of making sure the best teams advanced and it seems like atlanta and new york are very very similar in skill level so it's great to just see 
competent basketball where it's close games every night and energy that you've seen in New York, those first two games, of course, the, the, the salting of players by fans is never a good look, but the basketball has been, that's what soured me on this series. And I know it's great that the Nick fans have been like absolutely insane, but seeing somebody spit on another human being, like really soured me on, on if that you spit series. on a random New Yorker, do you think you would survive in real life, Doug? <laughs> or so I, I one spitting on another person is so vile and disgusting. You did it with their back turned to you, so they I mean that's cowardly. And three, we are in a global fucking pandemic. Mm-hmm. Do you realize what you just tr- possibly transmitted? I don't care if you've been vaccinated or not. That's that is just so reckless. Um be better. And then you've got the fan in Philadelphia throwing popcorn on Russ. Disgusting. Quit treating these players like that. They are human beings too. I, I hate when fans do and say shit that they wouldn't do in, in public. They're protected by the arena and the environment. And it's part of it's bullshit. Like be a good human being, be a good person. It's not that hard. I've gotten into potentially more fights in the Moda Center than I have in the streets because people have this this fucking mentality where they think that shit isn't real life. So you can call somebody a, a racial slur in a bathroom and think that I wouldn't beat your ass or say that they wish New Orleans flooded with from Katrina. So... Watch, you know, this is real life. So be be good to the fans of opposing teams and be good to the players. Like, yo, you would not do this shit in real life. Like, there's just something about sports that make people get so out of pocket. And oh, I know, Doug. If you want to hassle, if you want to heckle, you want to boo, fine, 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 fine. That's fine. I even I I don't even mind the fuck you, Trey Young chance. Because it's saying fuck you is just like second nature to me. Like, whatever, who cares? But like, if you start getting derogatory or really specific, like that's where it it crosses a line. So just do it the right way. It's we we've been on this earth for long enough to know what's right and what's wrong. Uh, But back to the dipping sauces. I mean, it depends on what I'm eating. Like if it's a pretzel, I love, uh, a good beer cheese or a, a, a whole grain mustard. If it's French fries, I am all about honey mustard. Um, if it's like pizza, I love a good ranch. I love barbecue. I'm, I am a sauce connoisseur. I, I love secret aardvark. Um, I fuck with not, that too. It's not a dipping sauce, but I always have to have that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a saucy boy when it comes to the condiments yourself. I don't know why I put myself under this pressure to ask the much harder. De- I asked myself it's, it's, a much harder it's more, question. More pressure than game four. Yeah, it's way more pressure to say. You know, I I think I I, I like ranch as a uh, or a uh, a nice aioli as a dipping Ooh, sauce. Yeah, garlic aioli. It, it, yo, the the sauce question has more pressure than I enjoy the Knicks. There, there's Atlanta. no <laughs> wrong answer. That's what's beautiful about it. Like, there's a sauce for every occasion. Well, I'm definitely putting this in the bio. We discuss sauces before before we sign out. <laughs> we got to keep it light and positive, man. I mean, Saturday afternoon podcast. I don't think we right. have any of those. So 
We have not. We're, we're late night boys, so the, it is midnight right now. So let's sign off. You can check us out on Twitter. Holy Backboard PDX is the is the uh, the the tag there to catch Dustin's tweets. Mine is Desage, and then his is Dhaws twenty two. Um, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Himalaya Podcast, Google Play. Did I not say your Twitter right? No, you didn't. It, it's just Holy Backboard. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I'm, not, I'm not fixing it so everybody nope. knows i fucked up everybody always. will know i fucked up when it comes to a name or a handle sage is always gonna stub that and uh we'll be back saturday uh, afternoon peace out everybody wherever you may be this is bill shinley good night everybody let's go, let's go.